Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Well, as I'm recording this podcast, it's just a few days before Thanksgiving. Time for family gatherings, sumptuous turkey dinners, and the unofficial, maybe official start of the holiday season. It's also, uh, for a whole lot of reasons, one of my favorite holidays. But I must confess that with all the activity that's about to unfold this weekend, sometimes I'm concerned that the most important reason for this celebration gets lost in the shuffle. That's the subject of today's message, which is based on the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verses 1 through 11, and it's entitled, All the Gifts Along the Way. And it begins with a bit of Thanksgiving storytelling. Actually, as much as you all know how much I've always loved Thanksgiving Day. I have to confess that most of those celebrations over the years have pretty much melded together in my memory. A cornucopia, if you will, of many fun, busy, and sometimes even chaotic family gatherings and endless servings of turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and stuffing and sweet, but oh, anyway, you get the idea. Kind of runs together. There are, of course, a few memories that stand out. One of my earliest memories of Thanksgiving, for instance, was one spent at my grandparents' house where the table was elegantly and perfectly set with the fine china polished silverware, freshly pressed linen tablecloths and napkins. And what I remember specifically is there was always a small crystal goblet filled with cranberry juice, and it was set just so at the center of each plate to be drank at the very beginning of the Thanksgiving meal, just after grace and before anything else was served. Now, by contrast... I remember later years when uh, the meal itself kind of got overshadowed by my father's and my utter determination, and I realize now in retrospect, my mother's great forbearance, that we get it done so we can get to the hunting camp for the last couple weeks of deer season. And as the years went on, I also have fond memories of, of and thanksgivings when, when my own children were growing up. All of them running around underfoot, laughing and playing with their cousins. Even if that meant a couple of occasions of Lisa and I having to sit at the dreaded children's table when they were very small. Which, by the way, I need to tell you, did not reduce my consumption of turkey one little bit. I also remember one year in particular when Zachary, who was just a toddler at the time, became so fussy at mealtime that I had to take him out for a long drive all through the surrounding countryside up there in Maine in the fervent hope that maybe, just maybe, he might fall asleep. And so everybody else could eat in relative peace and quiet. But you know, that was a great ride. And, And I remember this very fondly. It turned out to be a pretty enjoyable time for my son and me. And might I add, another great, albeit for me, one delayed Thanksgiving dinner. 
I've been thinking a lot about that this week, obviously. But strangely enough, as I've been thinking about it, as I've been reminiscing this week, I'm realizing that ultimately what I remember most about all these Thanksgivings past is, and this will surprise you, not primarily the food, but the people with whom that food was shared. I just remember all the laughter, the conversation. I remember the stories that get told and told again and told again around that table long into the night. All those joyous reminders of who we are, where we came from, the many blessings that we share, and most importantly, where those blessings came from. Which, when you come right down to it, is kind of what the day is supposed to be all about anyway, right? Now, therein lies one of the more interesting things about our Thanksgiving Day celebrations. As the late columnist Irma Bombeck once wrote, Thanksgiving dinners take 18 hours to prepare, but they are consumed in 12 minutes. So, I would add... To this, if that's the case, what do we do with the rest of the day? Now, granted, for a whole lot of people and families these days, Thanksgiving becomes more like a progressive dinner, right? With several stops and often more than one dinner throughout the day. And when you add to that, you know, the Macy's Parade and football games and, of course, the infamous Black Friday sales that now begin as early as Thursday afternoon. There is plenty happening that will occupy the day. Truly, I don't think I need to tell anyone here how busy and convoluted, dare I say, even stressful a day Thanksgiving can become. And given all that, you got to wonder at times if at the end of the day, it's really all that worthwhile. I mean, after all, we have managed to layer upon our celebration so much more than maybe what it was intended to be. And, and also, there is so much that has sort of become required of the day as well. So when you think about it, can it still be said that we're honoring the origin and purpose of Thanksgiving Day? And maybe more to the point, are we still honoring the tradition and the admonition of still, of still and true thanksgiving unto God? It is worth noting that though our American celebration of Thanksgiving commemorates that storied feast of the pilgrims at Plymouth Plantation in 1621, historically speaking, it really wasn't the first in North America. That distinction likely belongs to the members of an expedition to Newfoundland in 1578, people who celebrated their survival from a series of a vicious storms with a feast of tinned beef and mushy peas brought over from England. Mmm. <laughs> History also records a celebration meal shared in Nova Scotia by European settlers and the indigenous people of the region in the early 1600s. 
Uh, I read in the monitor yesterday that there are those from northern Maine who are claiming a much earlier Thanksgiving. And there's even a proclamation of a yearly day of Thanksgiving following a safe landing in Jamestown, Virginia in 1619, several months before the Mayflower even set sail for the New World. So there's a lot of uh, opinion about that. But regardless of the timing or the circumstance, friends, all these celebrations had at least one thing in common. The admonition to give prayerful thanks to God for the blessings of the harvest and indeed for life itself. In the exhortation of an English preacher named Robert Wolfall, who was amongst that group of explorers in Newfoundland, they needed to be, quote, thankful to God for their strange and miraculous deliverance in so dangerous of places. That, friends, is a conviction that continues to be expressed every year as, as the song goes, we gather together to ask the Lord's blessing, praying that in whatever form it might take in this particular generation, the wicked oppressing might now cease from distressing. I tell you all this to remind us that this act and celebration of Thanksgiving does carry with it a very long and austere tradition. But here's the thing. The desire of people to offer thanks to God goes back a lot further than that. The example of giving thanks unto the Lord can be traced back to the very beginning of Scripture. It goes back as far as the story of Noah. We hear there about how when he emerges from the ark, the very first thing that Noah does is to build an altar to the Lord. And that altar is for the purpose of, of offering up a sacrifice of thanksgiving, thus establishing a tradition of giving thanks unto God. There are at least 140 passages throughout Scripture that call for God's people to true thanksgiving, both individually and as a whole people. The call to give thanks and praise to God as the giver of all our many blessings, to give thanks to God as the ultimate source of all goodness, the foundation of all we have and all we are. And that story, you see, continues even now. For God, you see, has always been the very heart of our story, yours and mine. He is at the center of the stories of each of the families of which we are a part. God is at the very beginning of that story. God is in the midst of every, un, uh, of every detail that unfolds as we speak. And friends, God will be there at its conclusion. And God's presence through it all is the supreme reminder of who we are, where we came from, all the many blessings we share, and most importantly of all, of where those blessings came. It is the first and the best reason for us to give thanks. Which brings us to our text for this morning from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. 
in which Moses seeks to retell the story of God's chosen and redeemed people, as well as about the need for worship, for true thanksgiving, and for a humble offering back unto the Lord. Now here's the backstory of this particular passage. It's that the people of Israel, uh, when we come to this 26th chapter, have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and they're just about to enter the promised land. However, Moses is dying, and he knows that he will not be given the privilege of entering into that land. And so, quite literally, on his deathbed, Moses is telling the story of their long history in the care and the presence and power of God, along with offering up some very specific instructions as to a good and proper act and attitude of thanksgiving. And as we heard it read this morning, you know that it involves taking some of the first of the fruit from the ground, putting it in the basket and giving it to the place that, and bringing it to the place that your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. Handing it to the priest who will in turn set the offering on the altar of God. You you can't help but notice, as Kay read that today, that it's all very ceremonial. And in the parlance of biblical scholars, it's part of what is known as the priestly narrative of, of some of the Pentateuch, that is, the first five books of the Bible. And really, when you think about it, it's still very much in keeping with our Christian liturgy and tradition even to this day. It really, we reenact it in some fashion as we take our offering every Sunday. But here's the thing that I want us to notice this morning. (coughs) That all of this, everything that Moses describes here, culminates in a story. A story that is meant to be shared, that is meant to be told, that's meant to be passed on. When this offering of first fruits has been set upon the altar, says Moses, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, but there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. This, says Moses, this is your story. And it's a story that needs to be told again and again and again. It must be shared because this is the story about how God brought his people, our ancestors, your ancestors and my ancestors together. And how God brought them safely from there to here guided and cared for and blessed every step along the way. And you'll notice something else about uh, this as Moses recounts the story. He is unflinching in its honesty. He remembers the painful parts of that journey they shared, as well as its triumphs. And, and he talks about their affliction and suffering at the hands of the Egyptians. He, he tells of their years, generations really, of slavery and how they cried out to God for their redemption. And and I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking to myself, just as so many family stories inevitably will include a remembrance of some of the more difficult times we have faced as families, Moses 
wants to be clear here that true thanksgiving in some way or another acknowledges both the bitter and the sweet. He wants us to understand that it was the hardship of their journey that led them to more fully appreciate the mighty hand of God, that made them more aware of his signs and wonders, and made them want to rejoice in his deliverance to a land flowing with milk and honey. This says Moses to the people of Israel. This he says to us. This is your heritage. This is your blessing. And this is who and whose you are. And this reason alone and so many more is why you need to give thanks, why you need to make your offering. And with all those who reside among you, friend and stranger alike, celebrate. Celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. And that, dear friends, is what Thanksgiving is all about. It's our story. Yours and mine and God's. I actually love what the Reverend W. Dennis Tucker Jr. of Truett Seminary at Baylor University in Texas. I love what he says about this. Simply put, he writes, gratitude is rarely confined to the present moment. More often than not, the present moment is the culmination of givings along the way. Sometimes being delivered to something, sometimes being delivered from something. The fruitfulness of the present, he writes, is always going to be rooted in the faithfulness, faithfulness of God all along. I love that. Tucker's words remind me that the act and attitude of thanksgiving, as well as to the matter at hand about now, our celebration of Turkey Day this Thanksgiving, must involve more than a cursory moment of grace for good food and fellowship that's spoken quickly before the food gets cold. Certainly, we should be thankful for health and strength and daily bread just as we should rejoice and be happy for family and friends who have gathered around the table with us and for all the countless gifts of love that are ours in the here and now. But folks, we also need to be aware and truly thankful for all those gifts that came to us along the way. For the lessons we've learned over time and across generations for the inheritance that has been left us from those family members and those friends, the, the saints of this and every generation, the people who have helped to make us who we are. We need to give thanks for the experiences of life that have helped us to grow, who have made us the persons and the people that we are. We need to give thanks for all the things of life that have filled us with love and laughter and wonder and even the difficulties of life and living that we've been forced to face, but yet have given us strength and understanding for the facing of this hour and for the living of these days. 
And yes, we need to give thanks for the untold blessings of freedom and the fullness of bounty that is ours as a nation and as a people. So many gifts that have been given to us along the way, passed on from generation to generation, and for this and so much more we give thanks and praise. And most of all, friends, we give thanks to this God who is the true source of all these good gifts around us. Those gifts, as the song goes, that are sent from heaven above. Those gifts that the Lord your God has given to us and to our house. So what do we say to all this, friends? Well, what I'll say to you is have a wonderful time this Thursday. Have a great time in whatever you're doing this week, whether you're spending it with family, whether you're spending the day with friends, uh, whatever you do, I do hope you eat lots of turkey and stuffing. I know I will. And if you can, I hope you can take the time to visit, to sit around the table and tell the good stories again. Have fun this week. But as you do, remember. Remember just who you are and where you came from. Take some time to count the many blessings you share. Speak them aloud. I don't think we do that often enough. And it's always a good thing to do. But most importantly, whatever this week brings for you, remember. Remember where these gifts, the ones that we've received today, the ones that we've gotten along the way, where they actually came from. And as we do, remember, may our thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message we've entitled, For All the Gifts Along the Way. It was recorded during our Thanksgiving Sunday service of worship at East Congregational Church. By the way, that was Susan Goulet, our organist and choir director at East Church, performing that beautiful hymn on the Clavinova.
Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. Before I finish, however, especially now as the holiday season is upon us, I want to make sure and invite you and yours to worship with us at East Church. We gather each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road in Concord, New Hampshire. And if you come, I know that it will be a huge part of making this season both merry and meaningful. And I'd love the chance to welcome you in person. So until next time, this is Michael Lowry. I thank you for listening. And may God not only bless you with a great day, may you also have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. Talk to you soon.